I still believe that. So if you have your Bible, Psalms 149 is where we're going to be. And I want to I just uh, talk to you, and I mentioned it earlier, talk to you on this subject of flipping the script, you know, uh, turning things around. How many can say that God turned some things around? God flipped your script, amen? You were, you were in trouble. You needed a savior. You were uh, you. You made some bad decisions. How many can say, "Hey, pastor, that was me. I made some really bad decisions." But God saw you, and He flipped your script. Come on, and He's changed you, and He's made a fresh way. And so, Psalm one forty nine, verse four here, it says this: uh, "For the Lord takes pleasure in His people." You know, God loves you. All right, if you preach with me, we'll get done faster. <laughs> you know God loves you. You know God takes pleasure in you. He He cares about you. And, and, and so the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with what? What does he adorn them with? Salvation. Boy, that ought to, that ought to speak to your heart. So I, I heard this story, and I think this is a good story, and this is one of those moments where the where the script is flipped is, is this. And Gertrude and Mildred were driving to church one Sunday, and the two elderly sisters were thankful they could dr- still drive, and they took turns driving the Buick that they shared. Come on, I'm not talking about anybody in the church. You're already thinking. I know you guys are. Gertrude became very nervous after Mildred ran through two red lights. As they approached the next light, Mildred was talking nonstop and gave no indication that she was going to stop. And Gertrude shouted, Mildred, the light is red. And Mildred immediately slammed on the brakes. And as she stared at the red light, she looked at her sister and said, I'm sorry. I thought you were driving. Come on. How many know sometimes the the script gets flipped, right? Come on. You guys know what I'm talking about. And uh, how many can say that God flipped your script? The devil had a plan, and the devil was trying to take you out, and God changed your position. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your mercy today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me. God, Lord, that you would use me as you see fit today. God, I am your mouthpiece today. God, I pray, Lord, that uh, the words of my heart, Lord, would, would come forth, but they would be your words. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint this service. God, anoint this word. Change our lives forever. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said... All right, everyone, look at your neighbor real fast. Come on, shake their hand. Come on, look at the neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much now. All right, shake their hand and say, did you comb your hair before you came to church today? Amen. Say, Pastor, why do you do that? Because some of you need to smile. You need to laugh a little bit. I say, I, I, I'm saved. I can tell by your Missouri mule face that you're saved. Come on, you need to smile a little bit in the house of the Lord. So, uh, I, I, you know, there's this word called topsy-turvy. Anybody ever heard that word, topsy-turvy? Some of the young people are like, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, but it means to be turned upside down. It's to, to flip a situation. And uh, the, uh, the, how many know that God's love is amazing towards us? And he, he turned us around and he changed things. And how many... Uh, by a show of hands, can say that God flipped your script. Amen? Come on, be honest. Be honest. He, he flipped my script. He, he turned the tables. He, he was a game changer in my life. And after an encounter with God, we, we turn our wicked, from our wicked ways and we run towards him. The Bible is full of so many instances of, of people who were going one direction and God turned them around and he flipped the script on them, right? And the circumstances change. And so 
what may seem upside down to us is actually God fixing our perspective. How many have ever had bad perspective before? Right? You're not seeing things clearly and, and they're not right. And it's important as believers to have the right perspective of who God is, right? Because if we have a misunderstanding of who God is, guess what? We won't have the right perception of who he is. How many know that God loves us? How many know that God says you are his masterpiece? How many know that God is for you and not against you? How many know that greater is he that is in you than it is he that is in the world? Amen. So when the devil comes in and he starts lying to you and says, you aren't worth anything, you got to flip the script on the devil and say, no, 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 this is what God says about me. Amen. I am a child of God. Amen. Oh, man. Uh, you know, what happens is if we, if we fail to, to flip the script or fail to see the right perspective is we risk or even worse, we'll end up in the same shoes as one of our key players in this message today. And so I, I want to just talk to you out of this, this beautiful parable in, in Luke chapter 18, uh, this is a beautiful thing. This is one of the, one of the parables that Jesus told. And, um, you know, Luke, you know, the thing about Luke is he is a physician, and many believe that he, uh, you know, uh, traveled with Paul in, in his second missionary journey, and he, he did some great things. Some believe that even Luke and Paul went to school together at one point, and, but Luke is primarily written to the Greeks, and, and when you say the Greeks, you say, well, that's the people, the Gentiles, but also to the people of the Greeks. How many know that Greeks were, were the philosophers? They were trying to figure out what the meaning of life was. They were trying to understand what is the perfect man. But how many know that Luke had it right when he, he was talking about Jesus, that he showed them, hey, Jesus is the only perfect man ever. Amen. And so th he begins to talk about this parable. Jesus begins to tell this parable. And so this is something that the Greeks would understand, the perfect man telling this story. So I, I want to give you a little insight to the parable. So Jesus is tell, telling the parable of two men who are going to pray at the temple, two, two people coming into the temple, right? And Drew, Jewish tradition, oh, here we go. I'm going to get on some toes already. Jewish tradition dictated that prayer be made at the temple at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. And how many know that it's hard to get people here on one Sunday night a month? Woo! Come on, Pastor. Shout me down, right? And, but they had to pray every day. They would come in and they would pray and they would seek the Lord. The key players of this parable are, are a Pharisee and a tax collector. Come on. A preacher and an IRS director. Amen. Everyone go boo, right? And, and one is a religious leader and the other is a civic enforcer for the Roman Empire. And the, the tax collectors were not known for their fairness. Come on, somebody. Come on. Can I need an amen? All right. And, and, and they were often legalized crooks. They knew how to take money from people and steal money from people. Boy, it sounds a lot like our, our well, never mind. All right. You're, you're, you're meddling, pastor. You're getting off into places you shouldn't go. So let's talk about the Pharisee. He was a, a religious leader. A, a Pharisee devoted their lives to following everything within the law. They followed it to the T. I have to, have to follow these things, these rules, these regulations. They separated themselves from anything that would make them break the law. And they were like, hey, if you were, if you were bad, I'm not going to be a part of that. They would not work on the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, they were so uh, into this rule of not working on the Sabbath that they wouldn't spit in the sand because if they spit in the sand and that mixed with, with the sand that it would make mortar. So it was like building. How many know that's pretty strict right there, right? Amen. And so, and so they, they were really concerned. But Pharisees were self-righteous. Come on. 
And they looked down on people by how they lived. I am holy and you are not. Come on, how many know that when you've been in church for a while, if you aren't careful, sometimes you can look down your nose and say, I'm so glad that I'm not like you. Amen. Come on, come on. It's quiet in here. I think somebody's good in this today. But there's a, a another group that was with the Pharisees was the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were uh, uh, very similar, but they were liberal in their religious theology. And they didn't believe in heaven. And they didn't believe in the miracles uh, or angels. They were they were intellectual. They uh, The Sadducees were really, I like the word Sadducees because they were sad, you see. Come on, right? They were really sad. They, uh, they were really sad. They were missing the point. And the Pharisees, they were not very fair. Come on, right? And they were judgmental. And how many know that sometimes in our lives we can get a little bit judgmental, come on, when we've been walking for a while, when we haven't had a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in a while to keep us tender and to keep us humble, come on, sometimes we can get a little hard in our hearts. Uh, lastly, in, in, this, in, this, uh, in verse 9 in, in Luke chapter 18, we see this, this parable is written and it's spoken for a particular group. But look at this. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, he also uh, told this parable to some who trusted in themselves. That's the group he's talking to, people who trusted, what, in themselves. I got it together. I've got high moral standards. I can do this. And they were righteous and treated others with what? Content. Woo. Man. So verse 10 says this, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. And I know most of you know this story, but... But I think there's some things that we can glean from this. I think there's some things that we can learn. I think there's some things, if you will say, hey, Holy Spirit, search me and find me, that God will convict you and God will correct within you. Amen? I'm going to tell you this. None of us have arrived. Bishop, I have not arrived. Well, you're the pastor of the church. I have not arrived. Amen? And so I need to tell you that, that there's some things that I constantly need the Holy Spirit to direct me and say, hey, hey, Skiles, because that's how he talks to me. He calls me by my last name. Hey, Skiles, hey, you need to correct this. Hey, Skiles, you need to change this attitude. Hey, Skiles, you need to calm down. Hey, Skiles, you need to have more patience. Hey, Skiles, you need to be more long-suffering. Hey, Skiles, you need to show more mercy. Anybody ever been there? Amen. So let's look at this, the Pharisees' prayer. And, uh, in verse 11, it says, the Pharisee standing by himself, he prayed thus, God, oh, look at this. I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. You know what's interesting? How many know that's a mean statement right there? Okay, this guy's praying in the altars, and he's saying, God, I'm so thankful that I'm not like these other people. Don't look all pious like you've never been there and said, oh, you're not compared yourself to somebody. But, but this is interesting. You know what? I, the first thing that I see in this bit of scripture is this. He stood by himself. He isolated himself. He, he, he put himself out there. He is separating himself from the others here. And it's not a separate, uh, separation of quarantine. Come on. We know all about quarantine now, right? It's not that kind of separation. But, but it's a separation of status. I'm here and you are not. I, I am not, uh, I'm not, we're not the same, not because uh, I'm afraid of sin or, or sin, but, but look how I follow the rules. And he prayed this prayer, or the King James Version says he prayed thus with himself. Prayed with himself. I, uh, this, this, is, this is challenging to me. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, 
unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all that I get. Come on, somebody, right? I want you to do this. Look at that. And can you put that verse back up there, the, the second part of 11? And I want you guys to count the eyes here. Count the pronouns. Come on, we're all into pronouns in this world. Count the eyes right here. Come on, count the eyes. Look. I, what, thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, alter, uh, uh, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Keep going. Go to the next verse. I, come on, three. I, of all the, I, come on, five eyes. I, 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 I. How many can say at times in our lives, sometimes our prayers are so self-centered. God, me, 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 I, 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 right? Come on, I know it's quiet in here. And, and, and five times he's telling God what you're doing, what he's doing for God. It's not, God, how good you've been to me. It's me telling you, God, look how good I am. I, I did this. I did this. I did this. And the posture of his heart is in a bad, bad place, a rotten place, really. And that's really what I want to talk to you about is the posture of your heart. I, I is, is right in the middle of the word what? Pride, right? Right in the middle of the word pride is I. And we don't like to talk about pride in church because guess what? It comes down and it sits right next to all of us because let's be real. All of us have a little bit of an issue with pride because we love ourselves. You know how I know that? How many of you got and looked in the mirror today? Come on. And made sure your hair was right. Come on. And got yourself dressed and made sure that you look good because you didn't want anyone to think any different of you because you got a little bit of element of, hey, I want people to know that I look good today, right? Come on. It's okay. I don't, want, I don't think you should come in and shambles, but come on. Come on. It, it's okay. But I, I is right there in the middle of pride. His attitude is as if God should be grateful to him for what he is doing. Right? Look how good I am, God. Look what I'm doing for your kingdom. Look at these things. And, 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 and God should be grateful for his commitment. The Pharisee, uh, man, they would fast twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And, it, and, and this, is, this is on purpose because this was the market days in Jerusalem. This was, this was not by accident. They, they fast, the fasting Pharisee would work their way through the market to show that everybody could see that they were not fasting. I'm going through all these restaurants to let you know, oh, I'm not going to eat. No, I'm not going to eat. So you, I'm fasting today, letting everybody know what's going on. And the correct perspective is, is not uh, for men's applause, but, but, but for divine connection with God. When you're, when you're fasting, come on, the Bible it talks about that. Man, you, you ought you to keep that in the secret place and say, hey, God, I need you to work on me. I don't need to always publicly tell everybody, hey, I'm fasting. I'm going through this, and I, I'm doing this. I mean, there's times where you may want to share with somebody. You may want to love on somebody, or you may want to come into agreement with somebody. But listen, if we're doing it for men's applause, guess what? That's what you're going to get, men's applause and not God's blessing. See, Matthew 6, 5, there's a lot of good truth in Matthew 6, but I'm going to actually kind of go in reverse. Matthew 6, 5, Matthew 6, 3, Matthew 6, 1, but it says this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that that is all the reward that they will ever get. Boy, that's pretty pointed, isn't it? It's pretty straightforward. The Pharisees, they... Uh, uh, point was to be seen. Look at me. Look what I'm doing for God. I want you to do me a favor. 
Close your eyes real fast. I want you to think about this. We live in a very narcissistic society. With your eyes closed, we love to to focus. We love people to focus. We love people to give us attention. And and one of the one of the I think one of the issues of our society and our time is social media because we love us some likes, right? And the, and and listen, there is some there is some proof that when when people like our posts, that we go and we search our posts to see who has liked it because there's a release of dopamine within our our brains that that lets us know, hey hey, the, and, and what we're doing when we do that is hey, it's men's applause. And I I've been grieved in my heart. Listen to me, listen to me. I've been grieved with your eyes closed. I've been I've been grieved Grieved in my heart, in recent years, I've seen so many people promoting their agendas under the name of ministry. Now, it's quiet. I know it's quiet. I promise we're going somewhere. Look at me. Matthew 6, 3 says this, but when you give someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, I think there's times, listen, I think there's times where... um, we can testify and we can tell stories of what God has done and how God has used us as an example. I think that those those things are, but listen, when we do it for men's applause, when we when we make it a point to, hey, I'm feeding the homeless. Hey, look at me. Look at my this, my agenda. Look what I'm doing. Guess what? We've taken the focus off of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we've made it about what we are doing and not what God is doing. Come on, somebody, right? Say, boy, Pastor, boy, this is a little pointy today. It's a little strong today. But, but what I, what I want to tell you is this. In Matthew 6, 1, it says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your heavenly Father. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Amen. I know that's not easy. Boy, that's not exciting. Boy, you guys aren't clapping me down today. I, I know. But listen, the Holy Spirit, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is flipping the script on me. He's reminding me that it's not about what you do. It's not about what I do. It's not about what our church does. But it's about what the kingdom advancement is. It's about giving him praise. It's about giving him glory. Come on. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Listen. I'm not saying those who post, and and listen, I I don't think social media is the devil or anything like that, but uh, I'm not saying that those that post about spiritual things are wrong. I understand sometimes we we need to be encouraged, and those are things, but I'm just saying this. The posture of your heart does matter. It does matter, the posture of your heart. See, the Pharisee's heart is simply this. Uh, I'm simply not like that guy. That's what he's saying. It wasn't at all because the Pharisee approached the Lord he approached the Lord with pride of his service and his works for the Lord. And, and, and listen, I don't know about you. When I think about this, when I think about the Pharisee, oh, oh I was thinking about this. Just, just It reminds me, whew, 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 the Pharisee reminds me of some high school drama. I'm not like you. Oh, yeah, well, bleep, 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 right? Comparison, come on. I was going to say high school girl drama. But I refrain, but I'll say high school drama for everybody's sake, right? Come on. And, and, and he's like, I'm not like you. And that's not the issue is, God, search me and find me. Search my heart. That's the issue. He, he missed the point. It's a heart issue, not a service issue. It's not what you're doing. It's the posture of your heart. Service to the Lord is important, but the heart of your service to the Lord is even more important. 
Let me say that again because that just went poop, 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 poop off of every wallet here. Service to the Lord is important, but the heart of your service to the Lord is even more important. I'll give you a good example right here. Oh, oh, man. There's been times where my kids have fought, Zaley and Wyatt, and, and you know what? We used to, when they were little, we used to put them in a big shirt. Come on, somebody. When they would fight. The get-along shirt, right? Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? The big T-shirt. You put them in it, and they didn't want to be next to each other. How many have siblings, right? You know what my mom and dad used to do to me and my brother and sister when we'd get in a fight? We'd get in an argument. We'd get in a fight. My mom and dad would say, all right, now you need to go to your brother and sister, and you need to hug them. Oh, Lord, don't make me hug them. Come on. Come on, mom and dad. Don't make me. You need to say you're sorry, both of you. Come on. And, oh, uh, my mom and dad went a step further and say, and then you need to kiss them on the cheek. Oh, come on, mom and dad. You're dealing, you're getting in my pride now. You're getting in my issue, you, you know. And, and it was crazy because my mom and dad would be like, hey, hey, TJ, you need to apologize to your brother John. And you know what I would do? Listen, I would do it, but if my heart was not postured right, I'd be like, I'm sorry. And I'd probably be more like, I'm sorry. You're an idiot. I'd say it under my breath really fast. I'd think it. Because I knew if my mom and dad heard it, woohoo, I'd be in trouble, right? And I'd be like, I'm sorry. And my mom and dad would be like, you know what? Say it and mean it. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know what I'm talking about? You say it and you mean it, young man. I know if I don't say it, woohoo, it's not going to end well. I'm sorry. Look in the eye. Come on, mom. I'm sorry. But let me tell you something, it dealt with my pride. The posture of my heart was wrong. I wasn't really sorry. I was saying it because somebody was making me say it, but my heart really wasn't sorry. And listen, I've learned since then, hey, you know what, you got you to say what you mean. So let's look at this tax collector's prayer. I love this. Uh, uh, he was a civic enforcer of the Roman Empire and, and not well liked and not known for his fairness to people. And, and, and the difference in a tax collector in the Roman time and now is nothing. Zero, all right, <laughs> and it's to take and to, to use, but, but, but uh, uh, you know, he, he starts with this. How many know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. Everyone say unmerited favor. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Oh, my goodness, everyone's so excited today. Come on, right? Unmerited favor. Boy, I said grace, and just like that, things started to happen. It's unmerited favor. God blessing me despite I don't understand it. Amen. Extending kindness to the unworthy. That's, that's another thing that grace is for us. Listen, I don't deserve God's grace. How many could say, hey, I don't deserve God's grace in my life. He's been kind to me when I don't deserve to be kind to. Listen, I can look back at my parents and see times where they were kind to me when I sh they should not have been kind to me, right? So grace. So let's look at this other word, mercy. And mercy is deliverance from judgment and God not punishing me for what I deserve. Grace and mercy, unmerited favor. Come on, right? Grace and mercy. Verse 13 says this, but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to the heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I love this. This is a beautiful picture. Help me out, Avery. Stand up. He's like, whoa, what's going on? I need you to stand right over here, all right? I want you to turn around. I want you to face the crowd, all right? Come on, Steve. I want you to help me out. Come on, help me out. Steve's like, these guys, didn't, they, they didn't know. Man, they didn't know that I was going to use them today. Over here I have Steve, and I want you to, I want you to, to play the role of the Pharisee. I want you to. You to come right up here up front. Matter of fact, why don't you just come right up here, right up here to the front. Come on, Steve. Come on. Come on. Run. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's okay. You're good. You're good. Uh, turn around. Face the crowd. Come on. You're, you're in a pot. There you go. I want you to lift your hands up. Come on. I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to say this. I want you to say, God, I'm so grateful that I'm not like that tax collector. God, I'm so grateful I'm not like that pastor up there. last time I'll pick you. <laughs> but he was in a position, he, he's, not, he's not doing it to be close to God, but he's doing it to show everyone else, hey, I'm good, I follow rules, I, I can do this, 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 I'm better. But over here in the corner, we see this tax collector. The Bible says this, listen, I want you to flip around. I want you to not worry about who's looking at you. Matter of fact, let's go over here in the corner just a little bit more. Come on. Avery in the corner, nothing new, right? I want you to kneel down. Kneel down. Yeah, you're good. And then I want you to do this. I, I, I want you to, to just, man, can you beat your chest? Come on, don't, don't, don't mess up your heart rhythm, but beat your chest as loud as you can. And this guy, he's saying, God, I need your mercy. God, I need your grace. God, I, I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. And there's two postures here, one that's about me and one that's about what God is doing. It's a beautiful thing. Come on, give these guys a hand. The tax collector standing far off would, would, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, and he beat his chest saying, God, be, be merciful to me, a, a sinner. I don't deserve anything from you. The tax collector understood that he needed mercy. I, I'm reminded that of this when I, when I read that, that I need mercy. I'm reminded that you need mercy. And that we need God's grace and we need him to help us in time, time of need, right? And, and, and notice the difference in their attitudes and their demeanor. One's standing, one's kneeling, and one, is, one is, is trying to let everyone know how good he is. And one's sitting over in the corner just, God, I, I hope no one sees me because I, I need you. I'm broken. See, that word, be, be merciful, is the Greek word, hilo uh, oskmai, which means this. It means propitious. What does that mean, Pastor? Propitious. That's a big word, right? That means this. It means given a chance for success. It's a verb that we see here in, in Luke's gospel, but we also see it in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. It says this, therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. Talking about Christ. And that he, capital H, Christ, might be merciful, come on somebody, and faithful, a high priest in things pertaining to God, to make, here's that word, propitiation. Everyone say propitiation for the sins of his people. That big word propitiation is this, is mercy on you, not only mercy, but reconciliation. 
to make things right, to fix things. Oh, a better translation for the tax uh, collector's words are this. God, be merciful on me, the ultimate sinner. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your mercy. I messed up. I, I failed you. Oh, his actions match his heart. He's not telling God what he's done right, but he's simply admitting, God, I have nothing without you. Amen. I, I love this. It's a posture of his heart. It's, a, it's, a, it's an example of a humble heart of repentance that, that Jesus commends in this parable. The tax collector knew that there was nothing he could say or nothing that he could do to enhance his standing with the Lord. I'm broken. There's nothing I can do, Lord. I paid my taxes. No, no, that wasn't going to help him. It was nothing. It was he, He's just in a place. As a matter of fact, James 4, 6 says, but he gives a, us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture said, God does this. He opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. And maybe, listen to me, listen to me, people. Uh, maybe today you may feel in your heart, hey, God, God is not... Uh, not talking to me, I, I feel like he's a, a million miles away. Maybe it's the posture of your heart. Because this scripture tells me that this, God will oppose the proud. But if you come with a, a heart of humility and say, God, I need you. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care. You could have been a Christian 89 years. Good for you. But let me tell you something. You have to still come with a heart that says, God, I need you. You know, I, 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 I was thinking about this. Um, the, the tax collector, he says, oh, God. And there's nothing wrong with praying when you, to say, oh, God. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, when Jesus prayed in Scripture, all but one time, he's, he always said, Father. Right? But this tax collector says, oh, God. And there's a difference here. A father, come on, a father is in closer relationship with, with us than God, right? When we say Father, that's, that's somebody that we're close to. Jesus always prayed to his Father except for when he was on the cross when he said, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? But this isn't this interesting for the first time, you know, uh, Jesus in, in that moment, he, he, he is, he, you know, the Lord is, I mean, he's taking on the sins of the world and God's going back, My God, my God. Every other time, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Taking on the sins of the world, it's, it, it, you know, Father is more intimate. But the tax collector knew uh, who he was, and he knew what he was. It was an honest evaluation. I, I, God, he couldn't call him Father because he wasn't in relationship with him. Oh, God, oh, God, I need thee, right? I can't help but think that he's just sitting there, and there's this song. I, I can't. You know, and I know Jesus hadn't been on the cross yet, but listen, just for my sake today, listen, this is what, what I feel like that maybe, you know, that I think that we could cry out today, you know, in our hearts is this, is draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast. Come on, that's humility right there. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Come on, sing that if you know it. Draw me 
am a sinner in need of you, Lord. I, there's nothing good in me, Lord. I still need you, Jesus. Humbly I come before you, God, and I lay my life at your feet. To thy precious bleeding side. Jesus, he flips the script here. Check this out. In verse 14, he says this. He says, I tell you this. He's talking about the tax collector, not the Pharisee. I tell you this. This man went down to his house justified. Justified. That ought to make you excited. You know, that, ju that word justified is a great word. Rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be what? Humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So here Jesus flips the script. This is the topsy-turvy way that God works. Jesus says to this man, the tax collector, he went home justified. What does that mean? Justified means this. Just as if I never sinned. Changed. And come on. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 25 says this. I am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. This is what the Lord says. I will not remember your sin. Justification, Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. You come with a humble attitude, God will flip the script. The things that you've been fighting, God will say, I won't remember those things because I've forgiven you of those things. Amen. And God forgave this man's sin because he was, uh, he was, was because he was in, in the temple, was he was in church? No, that's not why he forgave him. Did he forgive him because he was praying? No, 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 no. I think prayer, prayer was part of it, but the posture of his heart in humility is what God saw that day. Amen. The world says exalt yourself. You'll go up the corporate ladder, right? Push yourself. Email your boss. Do this. Do that. Do that. Push yourself. Sell yourself. Market yourself. You'll go places, right? Isn't that what the world says? Keep doing it. Keep doing it, you know. Get more followers. Do this. Do that. All that stuff. Then Jesus flips the script here. It says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Come on. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And one thing about that statement is this. There's not a timeline on that. There's not a timeline. And you need to know that. So it's not your status or your service to the Lord. It, 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 it comes back to your heart. Your, humi your humble, repentant heart. There isn't anybody in this, this building that, that is exempt from that. There's two groups I want to talk to today. Come on. One is the religious. And let me ask you this. If you've been saved and you've been in church a long time, listen, I want to, I want to do this. God's just doing something within us. He's examining us. He's, he's shaping us. He's, he's stretching us. When's the last time you examined the posture of your heart? Oh, Pastor, I, I love the I love the jokes. I love the sermons that make me feel good. I love walking out here. When's the last time you you said, God, search me, find me? What is the posture of my heart? Lord, what is my attitude? Lord, am, am I full of pride or am I full of humility? Those who've been in church and saved a while, Jesus is warning us to keep our heart postured in humility and not pride and not look down on people that we see and not not judge them because they're not like us. They don't look like us, they don't smell like us, they don't walk like us. But, but to look at them and say, man, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that, that could be me. That person needs grace like I need grace. The second group is this 
the unsaved, the, the broken, and, and those that, that, that are, are needing to be humbled, the posture of your heart will determine if you are pliable to the things of God. And it will determine if you can be broken. Now, I know this is different. I know this is different. I promise I'll get you out where you can eat. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says this. This is what God says he'll do. If you'll come with the right attitude, you'll come with the right posture, the right bit of humility, this is what God will do. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, and I will give them one heart, a new spirit, and I will put within them, I will remove the heart of stone, come on, the old bitter, the old prideful thing, and, and, and from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, a heart that is pliable, a heart that is humble, a heart that God can move in. How many want God to move in your life? Okay. Takes humility. Takes humility on your end. Listen, it's not about your works. It's not about what you do. Both the Pharisee and the tax collector had the same opportunity to be justified, but only the tax collector had the right posture. Think about that. They were both in church. They both had the same opportunity, but only one had the right posture in their heart. Psalms 51.7 says this, and it tells us that God will not reject a broken or a repented heart. I know, I'm just laying it out. This is, this is simple. I know it's super simple. I'm a simple guy. If you're here today, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes?